From Washington, this is CQ on Congress, the nonpartisan source for in-depth analysis of Capitol Hill's policy debates. I am Sean Zeller. Through years of gridlock, Congress has always managed to pass an annual defense authorization bill. Within, lawmakers determine the nation's defense priorities, set spending limits for Pentagon programs, and give soldiers a pay raise. For 58 years in a row, it has become law. But this year, Congress is struggling. CQ Roll Call defense reporter Andrew Clevenger is following its progress. He's my guest today. Welcome, Andrew. Hi, Sean. So, Andrew, where do things stand right now on defense authorization in the House and in the Senate? Well, both chambers have passed their own versions of the NDAA, as is normal. Um, that's standard procedure. And then the two chambers go to conference on, on a bill, which is also standard procedure. Right now, the, the conference um, has bogged down in their negotiations to sort of settle out the differences between the two bills, figure out what, what makes it into the, the unified bill as opposed to just from the singular versions. And, and those negotiations have pretty much stalled. And what's the holdup? Um, well, in a, in a word, border wall. Um, the House Democrats do not want to allow the president to fund and uh, authorize a border wall on the southern border that is a huge priority for President Trump. Um, they don't want it to be paid for through the Pentagon, as it w- has been previously. And uh, Republicans in, this, in the Senate um, think that that's a fine use of, of Pentagon authorities, and, and it should be as the president wants. Well, let's, well, let's take a step back here for our li- listeners. Congress has never explicitly authorized funding for a border wall through the Defense Department. But President Trump this year declared an emergency, said the situation on the border was an emergency, and used special emergency authorities, which Congress has granted executives in the past, uh, sort of a permanent authority that exists, to redirect Defense Department funding to pay for construction of the border wall. That's been going on this year. And Congress actually objected, both Republicans and Democrats. But the Supreme Court stepped in and said it was okay. So you're saying now... Democrats want to put their foot down and add language, and Republicans don't want to go there. Correct. Um, Democrats do not want that to proceed as it has been proceeding, as you've laid out. And Republicans feel that the issue has been litigated and decided, and and if this is the president's priority, then they're going to support that. Goodness. So, I mean, if this doesn't pass, it would be a big deal. It would be an indication of just how bad the gridlock is in Congress at a new level. So is there is there a way out here? I mean, is anyone talking about a way out? Well, uh, Senator James Inhofe, uh, who is the chair of the Senate Armed Services Committee, has introduced what he calls a skinny NDAA, which is basically a stripped-down version of the bill that just contains the authorities that he thinks are, are sort of non-controversial and that the Pentagon needs to keep running. Um, it, it's basically a, you know, let's, let's keep the lights on type bill. Um, now the pro- he's a Republican from Oklahoma, so he's on Trump's side when it comes to the border wall. Oh, absolutely. Um, I don't think it has much support in the democratically controlled house. Um, and 
Adam Smith of Washington, the Democrat who uh, leads the House Armed Services Committee, um, does not support its passage or, or this is sort of an, a fallback option. Um, it would leave aside a lot of um, ideas that have been agreed to because if we take a step back, there's, the NDAA is a massive bill with a lot of policy. You know, it clocks in around 1,100 pages, which is... Because it passes every year, this is... Congress puts a lot of stuff in it because it, it figures it's going to pass. It, it's not just that. It's that it's that the the Congress really tries hard to accommodate the Pentagon. And I don't mean they roll over and play dead and give the Pentagon whatever it wants, but they understand that national se- security and defense of the nation, it's very important and it's very complicated and and needs a lot of coordination. And if if the Pentagon needs certain authorities or or wants to uh, spend money in a certain way, then then they want to make sure that they weigh in and and spell out exactly how to proceed. So so there are a lot of, of issues that get tacked on um, that that are involved. It's tempting because it does pass every year. It's sort of a must pass bill for Congress um, to include a lot of things that aren't necessarily germane. Although there's there's really a a tradition in both chambers to try and avoid that, to not let the bill become a Christmas tree and let, let every member hang an ornament on it just be, that might be a pet project. So to that point, I don't think it's, it's as big as it is because there's a lot of superfluous material packed in um, because this gotcha. is the vehicle that gotcha. will get passed. But Inhofe is proposing a skinny bill. The Democrats actually want a bit fatter bill because they want language in there making explicit that President Trump cannot declare an emergency and use defense funding to build a border wall. And that seems like a problem. It, it, it's sort of an impasse. Republicans don't want that language in. House Democrats want that language, uh, uh, want it included. And so let's speculate that they can't get over that impasse. What's at risk here? I mean, what, what other uh, things in this bill, for example, did, will it mean that soldiers don't get a pay raise? No, I think the pay raise goes through, but there are certain um, provisions that need sp- specific authorities, um, including uh, a one-year bonus and special pay um, for soldiers, um, and benefits and pay for certain civilians um, in combat zones and overseas. So, so it, it's if it doesn't get passed, it's not as if the Pentagon grinds to a halt, and you know everyone just turns off the lights and goes home and, and nothing gets done. But, um, again, there are a lot of specific authorities that are needed to keep the wheels, you know, moving forward. Right. Probably a lot of our listeners don't don't um, know the intricacies of the way Congress funds and directs federal agencies, but there are authorizing committees in Congress, and then there's appropriations committees. And we're talking about authorization here, the defense authorization. Right. So a lot of the, if they weren't, if they were to fail to pass this bill, a lot of that that failure could be made up for in the appropriations process. The money's still going to go out um, through the appropriations uh, process, but uh, Congress is going to have less say over exactly how that money is spent via the authorization, you know, granting permission for it to be put towards X project, Y project, Z project. Gotcha. Okay. And so what are, are, are there other disputes where the parties are at loggerheads here? From what I can gather, they've really worked out some of the, the other differences. Um, 
what what happens is the the controversial issues are sort of held off till the last minute and and ironed out by what they call the big four which is the the chairman and ranking member of both the Senate Armed Services Committee and the House uh, Armed Services Committee they meet regularly and and sort of hash out where they are and 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 th- there's a long standing tradition of cooperation between those um, those leaders but to this point, they ha- it's just the border wall has been such a major sticking mm-hmm. issue, they haven't been able to get past it. I mean, there are some other issues out there that I, that certain members of Congress would like to see resolved. I know, for example, the dispute over whether transgendered soldiers can serve in the military. Uh, there's an issue surrounding the use of toxic chemicals and firefighting that some some members of Congress would like to phase those out or get rid of those. So th- those things would fall by the wayside if there's no defense authorization. There would be no resolution there. Correct. I gotcha. Okay, so it's November. Congress has less than two months in its annual session. It's planning to take time off for Thanksgiving and Christmas, so it's not even two months left in the year. What's your assessment? Can they real- leas- realistically get this done? They could if if they strike a deal pretty soon, but they, as to your point, they are running up against it. Um, we were reminded this week by, uh, by staffers on the Hill that just logistically, the NDAA takes a, a fairly substantial amount of time to prepare. I mean, once, once all parties are signed off, you're looking at basically 20 working days to get it done, get it printed, have everyone, you know, read it a final time, um, get all your pagination coordinated. Um, you need legislative days in the Senate, um, which are hard to come by, especially when there's not much time left, to your point. Um, so It seems like a lot of pressures on the House Democrats here. If they stick to their guns on the border wall issue, even if Senator Inhofe, the, the Republican who, who leads the Armed Services Committee in the Senate, were to say, okay, we'll put in some language there to, to prevent the border wall funding, Donald Trump could veto this bill, and then you need a two-thirds majority in both chambers. Right. And I'll throw another wrinkle in there. If the House votes to proceed with impeachment and uh, the Senate has to convene a, an impeachment trial, then what happens? Well, all the legislative activity is sort of pushed to the back burner. And so if, if the House votes anytime soon to send articles of impeachment to the Senate, um, you know, in December, the Senate could be busy with the trial and, and, you know, the NDAA is left hanging. Amazing. All right, Andrew, I direct our listeners to your stories at rollcall.com. Thanks for being on the show. Oh, Sean, thanks for having me. And thank you all for listening. I'm Sean Zeller. The producer of this show was Micaela Rodriguez. CQ on Congress is produced by CQ Roll Call a leader in nonpartisan political and policy news and analysis for more than 70 years. CQ Roll Call is part of Fiscal Note, a global technology and media company. We'll be back next week.